Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and join me as my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Today's a special episode. Yeah. We've got a guy here we're going to interview. It's Jared Taylor. Welcome in, Jared. Thank you. Appreciate it. So we have, uh, it's been almost a year, I think, looking back since we interviewed somebody, and that's kind of a shame. Shame on us. Yes, we. Uh, we were trying to do that more often and just kind of got busy. But, yeah, we're excited to get back into an interview. So, yeah. Yeah, so Jared uh, and I just met like a few minutes ago, like in person. Yeah. So thank you for being here. So we got a um, mutual buddy through church. And uh, Jared and I didn't know each other. You know, didn't even know that we had experienced these similar situations, you know, to, to what you and I will. And um, my buddy Brent Wiley, shout out to Brent, um, he was telling me about about your book that you just recently released and how he went to a book signing about it a couple couple weeks ago and so he um graciously brought me a copy back man i started reading it and i was like man we gotta get this guy on the show you know because um i'm really enjoying the book hold it up right there for the camera man and so uh if you listen to this on the on the podcast world obviously you can't see it but it's called um praise and pray it's by jared taylor the um and then the uh what's the Elena's 99 Days to Heaven. That's the subtitle. So uh, we're going to do an interview with Jared today. And I'm going to let Will kick it off. And I'm not going to talk a lot because, uh, again, I don't sound 100% normal today. You sound great. You sound grizzled. You know, you sound like you're just, you've been through something. That's so, true. Yeah. That's like true. you fought some bears off just to get here to record this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jared, for being here. Um, I think we just want to start just giving people a chance to get to know who you are. So if you just want to give a short three-minute, five-minute, you know, who are you, where are you from, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so as I was saying earlier, I am uh, originally from the big city of Jonesville, South Carolina. Um, I completely just said it uh, incorrectly. It's, it's Jonesville. The S is silent. Um, <laughs> See, I didn't know that. For the, for the, for the natives, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for the natives. We, cool. we tend to say it a little fast. So, uh, But I grew up in Jonesville, a um, little community called West Springs, um, and that's where I grew up in church. Uh, I even say in the book, um, you know, that it's uh, a small church there is like family, especially when your small church is your family. <laughs> you know, so... Um, being at the mill uh, now is a is a little bit different, um, but a but a, a different blessing in and of itself. Um, I am married to my beautiful wife Lacey. Uh, I've got uh, one daughter Elena in heaven, two girls here on earth, uh, Anna and Raina. Uh, Anna is thirteen, Raina is nine, going on twenty nine, um, and uh, and we live in Pauline now. The uh, we moved from one big city to another. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, as far as work is concerned, um, for the last uh, roughly 10 years, been working with uh, kids in preschools, uh, teaching them about sports and fitness uh, through a program called Amazing <coughs> Athletes. Uh, I have now transitioned into a corporate role with them. Uh, and so, you know, get to go out and have fun mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy, you know, what we're doing. So uh, there's the there's a quick spiel about cool. me. Now, yeah. how, hold on. How close is West Springs to <coughs> Buffalo? Is that anywhere near each other? If you were if you were leaving here, going going to Buffalo, you would go through, go West, through Springs West Springs. Okay, yeah. I right on it. right on Highway two fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then what's the good barbecue place out there? Midway. Midway. Yeah, Midway man. Barbecue. Yeah. yeah, I hear about that a lot. Yep. yep, that's what Buffalo is famous for. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, cool. cool. Yeah, well, I think one other thing, just a little bit of background, I want to share is can you just tell us your testimony. Yeah, sure. So um, my testimony is interesting. I talk about it in the book. Um, 
at eight years old, uh, I, uh, I did the old, you know, my buddy's getting baptized. I think it's time for me to get baptized. Mm -hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> direct relation to, to my friend Blake, uh, going down, you know, a couple weeks later, you know, I did the same thing. Uh, when I was 12 years old, a, a professional bass fisherman named Terry Chupp came and spoke at Baptist Men's Day. Um, I was in the youth at the time, 12 years old. He came in and did um, did a little uh, devotion with our with our uh, youth group, um, and then that was really when I kind of said, you know what, what I did four years ago, that wasn't it, you know. And so that's when I really um, accepted Christ into my life. Um, and then, you know, throughout the years, uh, you know, college and whatnot, you know, stayed in church, um, but not, not really where I should have been. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, once I got married and going through this situation, um, this was the, the time that I, you know, felt closest to God. And mm -hmm. the reason was because yeah. I was having to lean on him so much. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, COVID was another time. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID caused all of us to just really stop because we had to, right? Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. shut down. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of times we just spent more time, uh, speaking for myself, I guess, I spent more time in God's Word. Mm -hmm. I spent more time in my devotion and, you know, in, in reading and writing um, out thoughts. And, and, and I was doing devotions like I never had before mm -hmm. because we were slowing down, right? Mm -hmm. We were, we were yeah. doing uh, life differently than we, you know, than we had been doing it before. So... Um, yeah, that's a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Cool. I appreciate that. So we're obviously Lost Boys to Found Fathers. We're a podcast about child loss. So that's what you brought in today to talk about that and share your story. So would you mind sharing Elena's story with us? Yeah. So um, so this was a 99-day journey. Um, and I'll I'll take it back even, even further a little bit. You know, early on, uh, when we first found out we were pregnant, we weren't very far along. We were in... Um, we were in Dallas. We'd been to a conference in Dallas, um, got on the airplane, and you know started having some issues um, that concerned us. Um, but we were we weren't far along enough to where anything could be done anyway. So you know we kind of panicked, but we finally were like, "Look, if something is happening. There's nothing we can do about it." So we ended up flying on in. We had our doctor on standby just to be safe. He met us, you know, on the weekend at his office and checked everything out. He's like, you yeah, know, everything's good. You know, sometimes this sort of stuff happens and everything's okay. And, uh, so that was the first thing that kind of unnerved us in this, in this journey. And, uh, then one Saturday morning, well, it actually started on a Friday night. Um, I was supposed to go play softball, um, weekend softball on Saturday. Lacey was supposed to go to a maternity fair at the hospital. And uh, on Friday night, she started, you know, kind of feeling bad. You know, we thought it might just be, you know, something she ate or something. But we went on, we were at my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house eating dinner. You know, we ended up leaving there late, um, got back home. Middle of the night, I hadn't heard anything. You know, I'm just knocked out. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, you know, around, I think around 4 a.m., um, I hear this little faint moan, you know, mm. and, uh, and, I, and it woke me up, mm. you know. Come to find out, Lacey had gotten up, it hadn't been feeling good, she'd taken a shower, she'd blow dried her hair and everything, and I didn't hear any of that. Mm. And then I hear this little faint moan, and I'm like, what's the matter, you know. And so she says, uh, she says I'm hurting, I'm still hurting. And uh, so the first thing I did was pray. Mm. Um, 
and then we kind of talked through everything. We did a little research, you know, we web MD'd it to figure out what was going on. And we just determined that it was Braxton Hicks, you know, the, the body preparing itself for the real contractions and it's kind of these fake contractions. And uh, we were gonna go back to bed. Um, and then, so Lacey said, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom before I go back to bed. And then she came back and she's like, no, we got, some, we got something going on here. So I said, all right, let's, let's go. So we went to the hospital. Um, uh, the doctor comes in, well, the nurse comes in, checks her, you know, and doesn't say anything. And so she says, I'll send the doctor in. Doctor comes back in and she says, hey, you're fully dilated, but worse than that, the baby's breech. Mm. I mean, we were right at 25 weeks. Mm. So obviously 15 weeks early. Um, so, you know, in a, in a whirlwind of like, it seemed like three minutes, but it was probably more like 15 or 20 minutes. They had her uh, in the waiting room or in the operating room, you know, ready for a C-section. So I had just enough time to call our families and get them up there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so Elena was born 15 weeks early, one pound, 12 ounces. Um, for, for your viewers or listeners that, that can't imagine that, I, I wear a size nine um, wedding ring and I could take it and I could run it all the way up to her elbow, mm -hmm. if that tells you, you know, how small she was. Um, she did really, really good. Uh, you know, they say the first 72 hours at that, at that you know, early time frame is really, uh, really important, really critical. Um, she breezed through that. Uh, as a matter of fact, in hindsight, you know, we had these little bumps in the road. Uh, we had a heart murmur and that sort of thing, but we got through all of that. So the first six weeks, she did really good. She got up around three pounds, five ounces. They started to transition her out of the incubator, put her in regular clothes, you know, different things. Um, and then just a day or two after they transitioned her out of the incubator, she just started having some kidney problems, retaining fluid, you know, and just for the next eight, eight weeks, we were constantly fighting something um, to, to try to get her, you know, over the hump. And uh, unfortunately, she just uh, never did get over the hump. So. So 99 days uh, she lived, we didn't even realize that until the funeral. Um, our pastor at the time uh, preached a funeral and he had, you know, he revealed that he had calculated the days that she was alive, it was 99 days. And, and he, um, the part that I left out there was the Caring Bridge website. Facebook wasn't really a thing back then, which I'm in mm -hmm. hindsight, I'm thankful because Facebook wouldn't print, you know, volumes of our mm -hmm. oh, of yeah. our posts and everything like Caring Bridge did. But we ended up with like something like 120,000 hits on the on the Caring Bridge page. We would have wow. people that knew something was going on, you know, tell us that uh, the day that she had surgery. I remember that I was sitting there refreshing the page all day long, just waiting for an mm -hmm. update. Wow. And uh, so. Yeah, a lot of people were on there, um, and in uh, the back to the pastor, he said 99 days, and he had calculated up how many days he had been alive, and I don't even remember what it was. I think I put it in the book, but um, you know, he's like, I wonder if, you know, in my 20,000 days or whatever it was, if I made if I've made the same impact, mm -hmm. even as a pastor, mm -hmm. that Elena was able to make in just 99 days, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, the 99 days became, you know, significant, a yeah. significant part of it. Um, and then the praise and pray part of it, about halfway through, somewhere about halfway through uh, the process, we, you know, we realized, you know what, we've been asking y'all to pray, 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 pray. It's about time we give God some praise for mm. all that he has done throughout wow. this process so far. Mm. And so we ended up, 
pretty much every journal post after that ended with praise and pray, mm. just to remind people. Um, mm. Not only do we need to be asking God for things, but we need to be praising Him for what He's doing as well. Mm. Man, that's that's real significant, man, mm. because, I mean, in the middle of a very difficult time like that, like all, I mean, man, like all you can think usually is pray, mm. right? Because, like, this is awful, it's hard, our kid's sick, you know, and, you know, you're, I'm sure, sad, upset, your wife's sad, upset, you're exhausted because you're between work and blowing up to the NICU and, like, the whole thing. And um, to have that, you know, like, I guess, blessing, man, from the Lord to remind you of all that he's done for you, man, that's huge. Yeah. I think I think that's really, really cool, man. I'm glad you uh you brought that up because I think, you know, even with stuff that we talk about here with, with other guys, you know, we're always talking about, well, you know, wh- what can what can give you some hope, like, to get to that next step, right? And then you just brought it up, like, man, you already got to the next step, right? Like, she lived a day. She lived two days. She lived three days. Like, you live in a country where she could have that care that she was getting, like, to give you that time with her. Yeah. Um, man, those are things I hate to say it, but I didn't, I wasn't thinking a lot of times, you know, I was just thinking like, this is awful, you know, like, uh, oh, poor pitiful child's laying here in this incubator, not what a blessing. She's got an incubator to lay in, right. And Mm -hmm. to get this care Mm -hmm. because a lot of kids, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that experience, unfortunately, but a lot of kids, they make it out of that NICU, right? And and so we praise God that those that those opportunities are there, man. So that's cool. Yeah, there were and we were able to keep perspective too because there were two other families in there that were dealing with way worse than what we were dealing with early on. There mm-hmm. was one that had a brain bleed, mm-hmm. um, and and we knew there were going to be significant cognitive disabilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another another uh, family had were having twins. One they lost, you know, at birth. The other one ended up. You know, having some, uh, I think some some issues with their um, circulatory system and whatnot, and ended up losing you know one of their legs. Um, and then in hindsight, the the little child with the brain bleed, she has since passed. I think she she ended up leaving the NICU and lived for you know five or six years. Um, and, but then the little boy who lost his leg um, is a thriving fourteen year old little boy now, and we didn't even make it out of there. You know, mm, and right. so we, we saw the, we had that perspective of, wow, you know, there's people in here who have it a lot worse than we mm. do. Um, and unfortunately that changed. Um, but, um, but yeah, we were, we were able to, we were able to see that throughout the process. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned there your perspective. Um, and I think that's an easy thing. Like Gabe said, you know, it's easy to get lost in that perspective and just have that like, Oh, you know, poor pitiful me you know this is why is God being mean to me you know we don't deserve this you know all those thoughts um my experience was was different than than what you guys went through we were just in the hospital for three days and uh, we had a son that was stillborn and so I didn't have as much time to dwell on that but I guess what would you if you go back and you said it was 09 so it's been 14 years if you try to put yourself back in that place what were you doing with your days you know i know it's a it's a blur but were you spending a lot of time in the word were you spending a lot of time just talking with your wife you know what was your spiritual relationship your relationship with your wife like at that time uh, it was strong 
um, because we were we were having to lean into the same things, you know, and that was our faith. Um, we did a lot of praying together. Um, it was probably our our marriage, and and let me say this: we we didn't have really any time to ourselves. Like as soon as we got married, we got pregnant, mm-hmm. and so and then she was born premature. So mm-hmm. I mean, if wow. you draw that timeline back, yeah. it's it's only a few months that we had to ourselves before mm-hmm. she was born, mm-hmm. and we were you know facing that pretty immediately. So it was a it was a pretty you know pretty big stretch on our marriage to mm-hmm. have to deal with that that early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but we both leaned into our faith. Um, we, we, you know, we prayed together a lot. Uh, I can't say that I was in the Word as much as I have been at other times in my life. Uh, my my prayer life was pretty strong mm-hmm. then. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough uh, on a marriage for sure. Um, but it uh, fortunately for us, like I said, back back to the perspective, we we kept the right perspective in that we knew that we couldn't make it through that without God. We mm. both had a strong faith background, and so we really leaned into that. Um, and then we had a strong support cast too. Our families are phenomenal. Mm. Um, and so, you know, my wife's got, uh, my, my mother-in-law has, uh, there's, there's six sisters. Mm. And uh, so it's like having six moms coming and taking care of you, you know, and then, and then my family was wonderful as well, smaller, mm. but, uh, you know, the, the love is, is still, you know, packed in pretty tight. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, um, on the marriage. Um, and let me backtrack for a second. Um, and I don't know, Gabe, if you've gotten to this part of the book yet, but this was something that had happened three years in a row to my family. Mm-hmm. Two years prior, my brother-in-law had one born premature, mm-hmm. lived for like two weeks. The very next year, right at the same time. Well, my, my brother and sister-in-law, um, pretty much exactly a year prior, had mm. had a stillbirth mm. with their first son. So we had dealt with this a couple mm. of times in a row. So we were kind of just like, you yeah, know, what are the chances? Mm. You know, what are the chances that this is gonna happen to yeah. us? Mm-hmm. And then it did, you know? Mm. So mm. we were dealing with that three times in a row. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think one thing, you know, we wanna, with this podcast and we want to offer hope to guys that are that are in this that are just coming out of you know just lost children and guys who have been it's been years um what was your relationship you mentioned your your relationship your closeness with god what was your perspective on god you know like gabe one of his things and in his testimony and what happened with his girls is you know he kind of went into it with this superficial faith if you classify it that way gabe that um, you know, God's a good God and I'm a pretty good guy. So nothing bad's going to happen to me or, you know, nothing seriously bad is going to happen. Did you have that perspective before? Were you a little bit more mature in your faith or, you know, what did your perspective on God look like at that time and how did it change? I think a lot of times we're all like that, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we feel like, you know, why is, why is this happening to me? Um, I'm a good guy, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing bad's going to happen. But he never promises that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have this, we've, we've taken scripture out of context and we've said, you know, God won't, won't put anything on you that you can't handle. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what, what scripture says. You know, that's, that's just us taking it out of context and making it, well, you know, this, you know, this happy-go-lucky thing that mm-hmm. we want it to be. And it's, it doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, he absolutely will give you more than you can handle mm-hmm. um, because he wants you um to lean on him, you know, and that's good. And so I think um, I was a little bit the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt 
all along that everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, really did. Um, you know, I definitely had my had my questions to why, mm -hmm. um, but I always, for the longest time, I said, you know, people would ask me, you know, why would some, why something like this happen? You know, my response would be, I don't know. I don't know why something like this happens. Mm -hmm. You know, why did God let us see the miracles that we saw throughout this whole process and then not let her live? Like, why would you show everybody these miracles? Like, wouldn't it be so awesome if you showed them these miracles and then she made it out and everybody could look back at it and say, mm -hmm. oh, wow, this is amazing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I would always say, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, why he did it that way. Mm. Um, but you know what? When I get to heaven one day, I'm going to see her there, and I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. And, and while that's a great thought, that's not really the answer as mm. to why mm. we saw those things. Mm. We saw those things for us. Mm. God wanted us to see something. Mm. You know, the day that she um, <clears throat> she coded for like 30 minutes, mm. and the doctor came over to us finally, and, and after doing compressions for 30 minutes, he's like, guys, we can do this all night. Mm. But at some point, she's going to have some cognitive disabilities. She's going to have some brain damage. we got a couple options. We can stop, and we can let her go. Um, the other option is, is we can keep going. Um, but at some point, we're going to have some issues. Um, the other option is we can have you guys sit down, and we can pick her up and hand her to you, and you can hold her as she passes. Mm -hmm. And we decided that she had been enough. You know, mm -hmm. We weren't going to do it anymore. And we sat down. And I had a little uh, clinging cross. I don't know if you guys have seen those. It's a, it looks like a little piece of wood, but it's kind of misshapen. Mm -hmm. it's, this, it's this little kind of curved cross, but it, it grips perfectly in your hand. It's called mm -hmm. the clinging cross. And I had it in my left hand. My brother had given it to me after um, they had gone through what they went through. Someone had given it to them, and I had it in my hand. As we sat down, and Lacey was going to hold Alana as she passed, and the, the nurse yeah, I mean, her heart rate had gone to zero. Mm -hmm. we, we saw zero flash up there, flat line. They picked her up. They turned to hand her to her, to, to Lacey, and her heart rate went to 120. Mm -hmm. And they just stopped. Wow. And they just turned right back around and put her right back in the incubator. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you see stuff like that happen, mm -hmm. those types of miracles, um, you think, now in hindsight, um, and, and I read it in... Francis Chan's book, uh, Unfor uh, was it Forgotten God? Mm -hmm. um, he shows us those things so that we can see His power. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's why that's why we saw those things, um, and it's just uh, it's amazing. There was about three of those types of things that happened throughout that process, and I don't mm -hmm. want to spoil the book for you. Mm -hmm. if you, you know, that's if right. You that's right. Don't want to give it all away, yeah, man. You got to go in that's, yes. that's, I gave the big one away, mm -hmm. but there's, yeah. there's still some others in there as well. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, dude, and that. So I love what you said a minute ago about taking stuff out of context because I, mm. I was really good at that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, prior, you know, and I probably, you know, still do that to a fault at times as we all do. But, you know, that verse you brought up about God won't give you more than you can handle. Like, like he in context, he was talking about sin. Like he's not going to give you, you know, a, a situation where you can't get out of that right. sin. That's right. Exactly but, what it says. yeah, I would have certainly always taken that and be like, well, I can get through it, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, man, last night, my wife and I, my wife, not my wife and I, my daughter and I went to hear that uh, comedian, Michael Jr. Mm -hmm. Dude, he was fantastic. I mean, I've mm -hmm. seen him some on YouTube or whatever. But yeah. Highly recommend go see this guy if you get an opportunity. But one thing, that he, he said something, just what you were referring to there. He said, um, he said that one of his favorite plays in basketball is the alley-oop. 
He mm-hmm. said, because you got one guy passing it to another guy. He was like, and it's cool if it just happens close to the rim. He said, but what's even cooler is if that pass is a little errant and the dude that's jumping <clears throat> has to like jump way up and reach way back to catch that ball, you know, and then dunk it. He was like, the crowd goes a lot crazier for a situation like that. And he was like, you know, that's kind of the way our life is. He was like, you just have to get the ball up there. And God's going to do the rest. Yeah. He was like, and we've got to come to that realization that it's not all about us being able to get through a situation. It's about giving it to the Lord. And he said, because his reach is a whole lot greater than our reach. Mm, you know? and, um, so that's kind of what you're saying there. It's just like, you know, it, it, God wants us to get to the, to the end of our rope or realize that mm. we're to the end of our rope and then give it over to him because he's going to show up and he's going to be the hero. Yeah. Um, every mm-hmm. time, yeah. and we can have confidence in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's a that's a great analogy. I like that. That mm-hmm. was a faith for fathers event. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. And what great organization! I didn't know much about it at all, and it, I didn't even know it was like a fundraising event for them. Yeah. So like the first hour, we're like doing this whole fundraising thing. They're telling about their ministry or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then he came out. But yeah, really, really neat organization. Faithforfathers.org. Check it out. Yeah. Um, and then um. Yeah, Michael Jr. was fantastic. Uh, yeah, they, they do the uh, the Cinderella ball every year. Yes. Which is a really awesome event. I got to do that twice this year. Oh, my two yeah. Girls, uh, That's cool. It's just gotten to where it doesn't work doing both of them at the same mm. time anymore. They mm. got to have their own mm. They got to have their own yeah. night, which is awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, if you want to just tell us a little bit about the book, um, you know, I think one of the things we'd like to do is offer some, some practical advice for guys coming out of this, coming sure. out of the yeah. loss of a child. So can you just tell us a little bit about your book? So the book is, uh, it's it's not broken into like three different units, but it's almost three different parts, right? So the first part is kind of our story, uh, my background, um, and then the story of, you know, meeting my, my love story mm-hmm. uh, with Lacey. Um, and then the middle section is kind of going through, uh, walking through that process of, of the 99 days, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is kind of, um, you know, the after effects of everything and maybe answering some of those questions about why, um, answering some of those questions about, uh, is my child in heaven? Uh, if I've, if I've lost a child, is my child in heaven? Where does that, uh, you know, where's that bear out in scripture? Um, the evidence that we have, uh, obviously there's, there's definitely scriptures in there that, um, where Jesus shows, you know, how valuable the children are to him when he mm-hmm. says, you know, have them come to me and rebukes the uh, disciples for not allowing them to come to him. Um, there's the story of David and Bathsheba, and uh, when when their child you know passes, and how David responds to that, mm-hmm. as opposed to the way that he responded when his son Absalom died, who mm-hmm. was evil. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and so it kind of walks through some of those things, um, gives some you know some some practical um, advice and and um, and information from um, pastors and theologians who are way on past me you know I don't compare myself with Billy Graham or John Piper um, but I do use some and John MacArthur and use some of their some of their words and some of their teachings uh, in the book to kind of make my point as well Um, but just answering some of those questions Um, like I said is my child in heaven will I see my child again what will my child look like and trying to answer some of those questions um, is best as I can you know with scripture and that sort of thing Mm. Um, and then uh, kind of uh, 
you know, answering questions about uh, if if I've had uh, if I know someone, you know, how can I respond? How how mm-hmm. should I not respond? Because mm-hmm. there's definitely a wrong way to respond as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, be a friend. Um, mm-hmm. Say the right things. Don't say the wrong things. And sometimes, just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, just give somebody a hug. Mm-hmm. You know, just walk in and say I'm so sorry and give them a hug. They don't need to hear a bunch of words about how everything's going to be okay. They just need somebody to love on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, there's also you know a, a wrong way to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know. We lost friends throughout the process and after mm-hmm. the process that was like, what did we do? You know, mm-hmm. we, we felt like we did something wrong. Well, that's certainly not the way to respond. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't walk away from it just because you don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that tough and it's mm-hmm. not all about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some, definitely some, some wrong things to do in there as well that I, that I talk about a little bit. Man, thank you for doing that. That's a really cool thing to give those practical steps and guides, mm-hmm. you know, and those answers to those hard questions as well. Because, you know, as men, like we often need step by steps, mm-hmm. right? Like with our wives, like sometimes, like it's like just tell me what to do, yes. right? Or tell yes. me what to say to fix this, you know? And they're like, you know, you got to figure it out. Like, yeah. No, 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 I don't. I, I need you to tell me, like, get, make me a list, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you need me to do? Just like going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to get? What aisles it on, right? And yeah. then, so that's cool that you did that, you know. And, and again, obviously, you know, you're a man. You've written this probably from a male perspective, but I know that ladies would get a great benefit from reading this as well, because you know, we're up in this thing together, right? right? And so we can look at each other's uh, viewpoints as well. So yeah, man, thank yeah. you for putting that section in there. That's gonna be super cool. I can't wait to get to it. Yeah, I think to your to your point, we're fixers, right? We're guys yeah, who want to fix things. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the wrestling story I was telling you about earlier. Okay. That's that's kind of kind of how that ties in. We want to fix things, mm-hmm. and we're we're just when we when we can't fix things, then you know that's where that's where our frustration kind of sets in a lot of mm-hmm. times. Is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, speaking back to the ladies, they don't want you to fix. It. They just want you to hear them and listen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's right. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we're. We're coming up on the the end of our time here together, but I just wanted to see if you had a few more words of just encouragement. To I know I have some friends that have recently lost children, and uh, some of them are doing better than others. But I think you know one of the biggest things we've already touched on is you know what does your relationship with the Lord look like? You know how can you you can respond in the right way? You can, you know you can submit to the Lord's leadership, and you know I don't understand what happened, but I trust God and where He's leading me. Or you can say, <clears throat> this is a, you know, what kind of mean God, you know, is he a kid playing with a magnifying glass, just burning ants, you know, like mm-hmm. what, how do you navigate that? What, do you have any practical advice for, you know, how do you get past a right frustration with God and wrestling with your faith and not allow that to turn into bitterness and turn it away from the Lord? I think, I think most of all, um, at the end of the day, it's it's about the community that you surround yourself with mm. um and and as men who have friends who have gone through that i think it's it's really important that we be there for them mm. um and walk them through that process uh it's hard it's going to be hard no matter what mm. you know we we talk about father time and and we can wait on father time and it will you know time heals all wounds but mm-hmm. if you want quicker you better lean on father god Mm. you know um and that's uh that's the thing that we really have to remember um Mm. it's tough for us 
it was a little bit different for for you that was probably a different mm -hmm. level of devastation because mm -hmm. it was just completely unexpected and it happened like that mm -hmm. we had a it, it was a build-up for us we watched it we saw it coming mm -hmm. you know so it's different but it's no different i mean it's 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 a different feeling but but burying a child mm -hmm. is the same no matter what it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you're 60 and you lose a 40 year old yeah you're still burying a child that's mm -hmm. a that's a a, a pain that you're not supposed to feel right mm -hmm. um but you just you've just got to you just got to lean into your you know if you have a faith background just lean into your faith god's going to take care of you mm -hmm. it is true I, I can say it from experience um there's going to be frustrations there's going to be times of hurt but you've mm -hmm. just got to you've got to lean into your faith um you've got to stay in the word you got to stay in prayer and, and just ask god to help you through it and he will mm -hmm. he will um and then at the, but in the same time you've got to you've got to have a a community a community of what i call wise christian counsel mm -hmm. that can come come up beside you and help you through that process mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that helped us the most even through the process afterwards you know with the with the start of our ministry and all those different things um everybody was you know was there they were they were helping you know mm -hmm. they were doing what they could and and that that meant so much to us just to just to have that close knit community. So I think I think that's um, you know each person's different, right? But for us, that was kind of that was mm -hmm. kind of our process and how we went through it. And you just mentioned your ministry, Brent. Told me a little bit about that. Will you will you expand on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so after you know after all this happened, we you know fortunately for us from a financial perspective, um, due to her birth weight, uh, medic. Medicaid basically covered all of our expenses. Yeah. What insurance didn't mm -hmm. cover, they did. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but people had fundraisers for us. And so we wanted to take a portion of those fundraisers and create a ministry with oh, it. Wow. So we kind of used that as a seed money to create Praise and Pray Ministries. Okay. Um, and basically what we do is we go into the NICU at Spartanburg Regional mm -hmm. and give care packages um, to each family. We just keep them stored there. Um, they are what we consider, you know, necessary items, um, baby lotion, hand lotion, uh, hand sanitizer, um, a bib, uh, with the logo on it. Um, we've got some bracelets in there with our website on there. Um, we used to do a disposable camera, um, but now everybody's got a camera on the phone. Yeah. So nobody really needs a disposable camera anymore sitting at the bedside. But the thought process behind that was... We leave it at the bedside, and then if the nurse sees the baby do something cute, they can grab a, a quick picture of it. Cool. The, the problem was the lighting in there is never good, so the mm -hmm. pictures never turned out real good. So we ended up taking those out, um, and then we have a, a $10 Subway gift card um, that we put in there. There's a Subway in the hospital, right. in the hospital so you know, kind of a lunch is on us one day kind of thing. Um, and then we also put Bibles in there, um, just the little baby New Testaments. Um, we can't put them in the package because it's a state hospital. So, um, but we are able to make them available. Um, and so we've got a little letter in there that just lets them know, you know, that there's a Bible available for them. If they want to let their nurse know, then the nurse can can take mm -hmm. care of that for them. So, yeah, that's cool. Just man. yeah, just something that kind of tells the letter, kind of tells our a little bit about our story. Tries to help them, you know, keep things in perspective. You know that that look everybody in here, the nurses, the RTs, the doctors, even the people who you know collect the trash they all have the same goal and that's to get your baby home with you mm -hmm. so you can get frustrated with them if you want to but look just realize we're all on the same team mm -hmm. you know there's always somebody in here chances are there's always somebody in here that 
is having a rougher time than you are, you know, because mm-hmm. our, you know, we tend to be in our own little bubble and, you know, in the NICU, you know, you kind of feel like everything is happening to you is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's you, 25 you know, other babies yeah. in there mm-hmm. yeah, at the same time, or yeah. at least. And right. Some yeah. of them are in really, really mm-hmm. bad shape, you know, so just trying to keep it into perspective. So that's just a little bit about the ministry. Um, we usually, we've gone, we've gone to doing a golf tournament every other year. Um, technically, this is our year to do a golf tournament, and we've not done a very good job of planning just yet. Uh, we usually have that around August um, when it's nice and nice and cool. Yeah, um, nice and cool yeah, in the south. Nice and cool oh, in the right. south to yeah. have a golf tournament. Mm-hmm. But what we have found is, is we we kind of try to hit that that weekend before school goes back. So like everybody's back in school, mm-hmm. the wives are taking the kids out to get their you know to get their gear for school and everything and the and the dads will come out and play golf so we've had a really good turnout you that's know cool. every year with the with the hot golf tournament yeah that's <laughs> awesome man sounds good well i, I'll, yeah. I know uh we about got to go here but man uh the word has come up multiple times today which was perspective you mm-hmm. know and and kind of yeah what's that mean right it's the way we're looking at things okay. and so I just I want guys to kind of take it take that away right from this. It, it's it's all about the way that you're looking at things, right? We mm-hmm. can look at it at our at our situations from the viewpoint of God's got it out for me, right? Or God's mm-hmm. got a blessing for me. Yeah. And in the hard times, sometimes it's hard to to have that you know that view of okay, this is somehow going to turn out good. But if we Stand on God's promises where he said that all things are going to work to the good for those who love me and accord according to my purpose. If you love him, he, he loves you. If you love him, if you're in him, then whatever you're going through, it's going to be for your good. And it's going to be for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And that's the perspective that we want to make sure that we have in a situation like this or in any situation that seems crazy unmanageable unfair you know whatever like we got to stand on god's <coughs> promises on god's on god's word because his love never fails right it's never going it's never going to stop <coughs> you mentioned blessings so in the book right after uh the tough part is the part about blessings you know mm-hmm. and the blessings are you know look elena's in heaven amen no that's no right to worry about her yeah and then the blessings that came after that or Anna and Raina. And that's mm-hmm. what that whole chapter mm-hmm. is about. That's awesome, yeah. man. And now tell us where can we find your book? Yeah. Uh, it's on Amazon, walmart.com. Um, or if uh, someone's listening that knows me personally, I got a bunch of them at the house that huh. I need to get rid of. So, <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. I say a bunch. We've, we've sold a good bit, so I don't have quite as many as I had. Um, if anybody wants a signed copy that is not here locally, uh, I've put some of those on eBay for sale. That's cool. Um, so you can get a signed copy on eBay. Uh, or if you're local, or generally if you're not local, I can mail one. I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not too good to mail something to somebody. So, um, yeah, that's great. That's and we'll, and cool. so we'll give us give everybody our information so mm-hmm. they can you know because they could yep. certainly you know email us to to find you. Do you what's your website though for your ministry because they can find you through that? Yes, yeah, uh, praiseandpray.org. Okay, praise yeah, pray perfect. That's easy enough. Is it spelled out? And yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, I appreciate you taking the time to come here today and appreciate share this with us. Me. Yeah, for sure. It was a great time. Hope we can connect again. Um, yeah, if you want to follow us, we have uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Twitter, where boys found. And yeah, please check out these books. We always pitch Gabe's books. We got 
thou will be done. It's got a question mark at the end of it. We've got every little thing, six small steps to perfect peace. And today we want to highlight Jared's book, Praise and Pray. So we'll put all those on our social media and we'll connect with you on social media as well so people can find you through there. So thank you all for joining us today. Please follow us on social media at those places I just mentioned. Check out Gabe's books, check out Jared's books, and stay in touch with us as we continue to put out more and more episodes. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.